Bible. A deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host, Ken Corkins, and with me, as always, is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is Season 4, Episode 2, and we pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Been a busy week so far. Oh, man. Today uh, went on forever, and I've been <laughs> talking for about 12 hours, so if my voice sounds completely shot. It's because it is. I could put an effect on it and make it sound really <laughs> raspy. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> All right. So we're continuing in with the the smaller epistles yes. in the New Testament, the, the minor epistles, if you will. Um, and so this week we are covering what? Third John. Last week was second John. Tonight is third John. And well, isn't it really kind of silly to ask what verses, because it's basically all of them. <laughs> there are 15, and we're going to do them all. All right. <laughs> Heavy lifting today. All right. What translation are you reading from? Back to the NLT tonight. NLT, okay. This letter is from John the Elder. I am writing to Gaius, my dear friend, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Some of the traveling teachers recently returned and made me very happy by telling me about your faithfulness and that you are living according to the truth. I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. Dear friend, you are being faithful to God when you care for the traveling teachers who pass through, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church here of your loving friendship. Please continue providing for such teachers in a manner that pleases God, for they are traveling for the Lord, and they accept nothing from the people who are not believers. So we ourselves should support them so that they can be their partners as they teach the truth." I wrote to the church about this, but Diotrephes, who loves to be the leader, refuses to have anything to do with us. When I come, I will report some of the things he is doing and the evil accusations he is making against us. Not only does he refuse to welcome the traveling teachers, he also tells others not to help them, and when they do help, he puts them out of the church." Dear friend, don't let this bad example influence you. Follow only what is good. Remember that those who do good prove that they are God's children, and those who do evil prove they do not know God. Everyone speaks highly of Demetrius, as does the truth itself. We ourselves can say the same for him, and you know we speak the truth. I have so much more to say to you, but I don't want to write it with pen and ink, for I hope to see you soon, and then we will talk face to face. Peace be with you. Your friends here send you their greetings. Please give my personal greetings to each of our friends there. Amen. Okay, so this is somewhat, but a lot different. So compare and contrast John, the third letter of John to the second letter of John. Yeah. Same kinds of things going on, but the situation seems to be different in quite a few ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's start out. Um, again, we're in the NLT, and so like we said last week, the NLT makes an assumption as to who the writer is, right? Right. I've, I looked at other translations, and they also said the elder. Right. They don't say John the elder. They right. just say the elder. The elder, but tradition and evidence points very strongly to the Apostle John being Absolutely. the author of this yes. letter. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
about when do we think this letter was written? Best we can narrow these down uh, is to uh, a 10-year decade. Uh, unfortunately, they don't come with copyrights and, and dating. So it's somewhere between 85 and 95 AD. Um, I think a lot of people would be surprised that uh, our best guess at the order of John's books are Revelation first, hmm. then the three letters of John, and at the very end, the gospel of John. They appear in the reverse order in our Bible, and I think most people tend to think that's the order they were written in. That was my assumption, too, when you just said that. I was like, wow, really? I, w I would have expected Revelation to be his last work, because he was uh, imprisoned on the Isle of Patmos. And yes. So I always assumed that was his exit from life, right? He no. was in Patmos, and then he never got out. But now he, you're going to tell me. He that. leaves Patmos, comes to the city of Ephesus, and that's where he writes. Uh, uh, I don't know where he—well, we, we know he wrote most of Revelation on the island of Patmos. When he gets to Ephesus, it's where he writes the three letters. And the Gospel of John we know is his last thing because the first 20 chapters he dictates to a group of disciples— and chapter 21 is written posthumously. It's written by the disciples after John has passed, before they send out his gospel. Very interesting. Uh, but we don't know, as far as these three letters, right? First, second, third John, we don't know the order of nope. which. We just assign them in order one, two, and three. Exactly. Um, because third John that we're reading today, like I said, it's close to, it's kind of the same idea as John, the, the second letter of John. Um but the situation is very different. In the in John two, we were talking about here's what you watch out for. What, what did we call them last week? They were docetic. Yeah, the docetics. Docetics that were traveling around doing false things. In this case, we've got the traveling teachers doing right. Yeah, last week the issue was uh, problems coming from outside the church. This week it's. Problems coming from inside the church. <laughs> <laughs> right. So really, what is the issue in, that we're covering in the, the, this third letter? The main issue in this one is who gets to make the decisions for the local church? John founded these churches. We always think of Paul being like the only missionary. He was very prolific in his missionary work, right. but he was not the only one. No. All of the apostles yes, they pretty did. much they, all they, spread out and started churches and taught people all over the world, really. Exactly right. And John, the apostle John, starts uh, a dozen uh, to 20 churches uh, within 75 to 100 miles of the city of Ephesus. Uh, and these, this both last week and this week, these are churches he founded. That's why he calls them my children, because I started your church. I'm the one that taught you about Jesus. You you belong to me. But we've got a, a local guy in one of the churches who's like, John doesn't come to church here on Sunday. We're the ones that are here on Sunday. It's our church, not John's. And right, so he's we, a power-hungry guy, too. Yeah. <laughs> he's really yeah. power-hungry. So. And so the big issue is orthodoxy. Who gets to decide what is the normative theology for the local church? What is truth? And we covered that in depth last yes. week. Yes. And it comes up again, you know, we told you the truth, you know the truth. Yeah. And some people are trying to corrupt the truth with their own power-hungry moves and their own, I know more. Yeah. Because I've, I've got special knowledge. So yeah. attacks are coming from the Roman Empire themselves and from just normal people trying yeah. to 
crush the church. <laughs> it's tough being an early Christian. It is, it? <laughs> it is hard, and yet it never spreads faster than it does at this time period. So It's amazing, yeah. Amazing! And how, well, I mean, it still survives today. Yeah. The Roman Empire doesn't. Yeah. Right? right. <laughs> Christianity made it against all those odds and all those attacks. It's yeah. A, it's amazing. What, what kind of prompted this letter, do we think? When John gets back from the island of Patmos, he takes up residence in the city of Ephesus. He's late 70s, early 80s. He's not a young man anymore. And at this point, he's probably been the last surviving apostle for almost 20 years. Ouch, yeah. And so uh, he is well aware that I am the last link. I'm the last last of the guys who walked and talked with Jesus and saw everything that he did. I, I'm the last one. He had a head start. He was the youngest guy when yes. they were walking. Yeah. Uh, and everybody else either died, disappeared, or was um, killed. Yeah. Right for their yeah. beliefs. So he's an interesting story that he, he made the longest. And so at this point in his life, he decides to follow Jesus' example. He takes on a group of disciples, men that he is going to train very, very specifically in the correct theology of Jesus as taught by Jesus. We don't know how many disciples he had. I'd bet my life it was 12. I would guess 12 as well, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, and he trains these guys. Uh, these are the 12 that he will dictate the Gospel of John to uh, later on. But at this point, in, in his life, he preps these guys as traveling preachers. And then from time to time, he will send out one or two of them to go to various churches and spend a week or two teaching. Here's what John taught us, let us teach you. And so this is this is what we call orthodoxy. He's making sure that all of the churches, no matter where they are, have the same message that Jesus taught to him, that, that what they're getting is undiluted, pure truth, none of the other influences of the world affecting it. One of the guys that he sent to, and we don't know who it was, but he sent one of his, his disciples to a church. We don't know which church. And when the guy showed up, a, a man in the church named Diotrephes refused to let him come preach and teach. He refused him hospitality. And when another family in the church showed this traveling preacher hospitality, Diotrephes kicked him out of the church. Uh, and that was an expected thing. The, the hotels, there were hotels at this time in, in history in, in this right, part of the world. Right, even in the story of Jesus' birth, they couldn't stay at the inn. Right. Right, so they had inns. They're available, and, and this is taking place in modern-day Turkey. They had hotels, but they were nasty places. Um not at all unusual for you to get a room that's filled with animals, and you had to spend the night with animals. Mm. Or uh, innkeepers were notoriously corrupt. Not at all unusual the next morning as you're checking out for them to add numerous extra charges to your bill. And if you complained, they were in it together with the police, and they would split the extra money with the police. So the police aren't going to take your side. They're going to help the innkeepers. So you were going to treat, be treated horribly at an inn. Um, most inns doubled as brothels, and it would not be at all unusual for them to cram four families into a single room and one of them is a prostitute conducting mm. business. So just a horrible, horrible yeah. place to go. So what kind 
It became just standard of if you're a, a, a traveling Christian preacher, somebody in the church will take you into their home. It's a safe place. You'll get a good meal. You'll you'll have a little bit of privacy, and and you will be treated well. It's what we do for each other. Right. That's that's a Jewish concept as well. Yes. That was very much how the Jewish people were taught. This yeah. is what you do to other Jews, right? You teach other, you treat other Jews well when they come to town. Exactly. You go to the center of town and somebody will come and offer you a bed and, and a, a bed and breakfast, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that's a good thing for the Christian church to have continued because I think it's a good thing, especially hearing about how terrible an end might be. Yeah. So that, you know, it's just a, hey, we're, we're brothers and sisters effectively. And so we will take care of you for the night or two that you're in town. Yeah. Good deal. And so that that's just expected. And when John's disciple shows up, Diotrephes bars him from, from having a place to sleep at night. And what's really concerning is uh, the wording that John uses, it's almost certain Diotrephes was not the pastor of the church, and he probably wasn't even on the church board. Hmm. The the words that, that John uses imply he's just a guy in the church who got a burr under his saddle and decided, no, we're not going to do this. He's, he's not, he wasn't elected by the rest of the church as an elder. He's just somebody who got upset and tight, uptight about this issue. We're not taking any more of John's teaching. It's our church and we're not. We the bishop doesn't run us. We run the church, and and throws this. And he's not even he's not even entitled to make those decisions. I was going to guess he's probably a, a somebody with money and power already, and he's a member of this church, and he's trying to take over with his power and influence. Yeah, I mean, he's it's a serious power play. Yeah, serious power play. Yeah, he's like, no, we won't we won't accept him. We know better. Yeah, terrible. Okay, so what's the solution to this problem? John picks another one of his disciples. This time we know the guy's name. It's Demetrius. And he gives him a letter of introduction to a a man in that part of the country named Gaius. Now, what's really interesting is you remember last week, everything we had to do was in in code because Christianity is illegal. And if, uh, if the letter is intercepted, it could betray... Uh, the Christians' identities, and they they could all end up in jail. So why is John so bold that he he writes their names this week? Well, all of the names that he writes are Roman. Uh, most of the members of this church are either Hebrew or Greek, and so they would have had a first name that was either Hebrew or Greek. Because the Romans are in charge of the world, uh, most people had a second name that was Roman, but you never used that. It, well, it's, it's, it's like how we don't hardly ever use our middle names today. It's like Peter is called by his Greek name right. and his Hebrew name. Right, Simon S- Peter. Yeah. And Cephas. Yes. Right, and so that was just the custom. Yeah. Yeah, here's the name you and I call you Rocky, but you're, that's not your official name, right? right? That's not your birth certificate name. <laughs> but everybody calls you Rocky. But John uses everybody's, like, their middle name right. in this letter. So the people that get the letter will know who he's talking to and who he's talking about. But if this letter is intercepted and they go, are you Diotrephes? And the guy's going to go, no, I'm, you know, Reuben. Right. <laughs> uses uses Jewish name. And, and everybody going, yeah, that's Reuben. So it, it protects, although these are true identities, 
they are protected identities because they are a, a lesser common, lesser used name. They're obscure enough to not actually correctly identify somebody. Yeah. So that they're protected from jail. Yeah. <laughs> Betray, <Death>. Betrayal, <laughs> identification, and, right. and death. Yeah. Gaius is a duly certified leader of a church. We don't know if it's the same church that Diotrephes is in or if it's a different church. We can't tell that from the letter. But John has asked Gaius to bring Demetrius in. He's my authorized man. And I want, I want you to show him complete hospitality the way it's supposed to be done. And I want you to let him preach and teach. And so, if it's the same church that Diotrephes is in, there's going to be conflict. Absolutely. Uh, and John is aware of this, and he's going to uh, he's going to create that conflict to reinforce it's my church. I'm the one that founded it. I'm the one who walked with Jesus. You got to hear what I have to say before you discuss amongst yourselves what you think. Uh, and so he's asserting authority. He is. Uh, he speaks very lovingly. He uses uh, the phrase. Uh, you've heard of the different types of love in Greek, and agape mm-hmm. is a type of love. Uh, John uses the word agapitos, uh, which means well-loved or beloved. He uses that 10 times in this one little letter. So he's constantly telling them, I love you, I love you, I love you, but make no doubt, this is my church, right. <laughs> and I am going to have my disciples heard. So, Gaius, I need you to back me up with this. Right, I love you, even though I'm sending you trouble. You're in big trouble now, pal. Yes. <laughs> but I do it out of love because I love you. <laughs> this is going to hurt a little bit, but it hurts me more than it hurts you. <laughs> even if they're in different churches, um, the the expectation is that then Gaius will go to Diotrephes' church and say, I've been hosting him from two weeks. It's your church's turn now. You will accept him. So it's there is going to be confrontation. There is going to be conflict with Diotrephes, no matter what. Very interesting. Um, it's a very short letter. Yes. Um, about the same length, at least in the, the NLT version I'm looking at, about yeah. half a page. Yeah. So it's a quick letter, but... One page of papyrus. It would have, right. uh, of, it would have fit on that exactly. So this one is... Third John is more about... Um, how to treat, how the teachers, the traveling teachers are correctly, in most cases, not every case, how they're treated correctly. Uh, and this guy, Diotrephes, is being bad, and we need to correct him or get him out of the church, although that's not listed in the letter. Whereas this, the second John was about how they're not treating traveling, tra- right. yeah. traveling teachers correctly. Yeah, last week it was, if you let these guys stay in your house, you're an antichrist with them. Right. This week it's, if you don't let them stay in your house... You shouldn't be in the church. <laughs> the difference being this week, it's John sending the teacher. Yes. It's a known entity. Yes. This is the man I taught. He's coming to teach you. Whereas bef- as last week, it was, these are just weirdos coming off of the street. Did you to show tell up you in your they're town? wrong. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so don't treat, trust my guys, not those guys. Yeah. Very interesting. And it's, it's a, it's a look into the mind of John about how to handle church conflict, because there is no such thing as a church that doesn't have conflict. There will always be conflict in local churches. And and the goal is to keep it to an absolute minimum and, and, and to deal with it before it boils over. But should it get really ugly, John has given us a blueprint here on, on how serious it needs to be dealt with. 
Ain't no politics like church politics. <laughs> <laughs> you know I hate politics. Uh, and, and it can't, I mean, we've called them ant pile kickers. People that yeah. seem to just love the drama and the turmoil that they can yes. cause, thankfully. Right now, and I'm going to knock on like 10,000 pieces of wood. Come on and be my little good luck charm. Our church seems to be pretty mellow. Yeah. We haven't had any real yeah. huge problems lately. Yeah. Uh, but we have had our share of issues in the past. But, sure. Uh, and it, unfortunately, you'd think this would be the one place, right? Church is where we all get along. But yeah. everybody has their own interpretation of what church should be like. And if it's not what I think it should be, it's wrong. Yes. And we got to change it. Yes. To make it feel like I want it to be. Um, whereas, no, I just come to worship. And if that's not the way I want to worship... Even in this small town of Ponder, you're not very far from another church. You're within, you know, morning driving distance to find a church that that reaches you. Yeah. And it's really about yeah. I'm here to worship and I just want to worship this way. And if that works here, we welcome you. And if it's not, there's plenty of churches. It's not like we have to hide. At least not right now. <laughs> and you know, there's every church has its organized power structure, but in most small churches, um, there is a an outside the uh, the charts power structure that plays out as well. People that influence, you know, they go out in the parking lot after after church and they attempt to influence and direct the church from there, even though they're not on any of the boards or or any of that. And that I don't think that happens as much in in very large churches, but in in churches of a hundred or less. Uh, that's that's a very common thing. Uh, my very first day as a pastor. Uh, showed up at the church and a, a woman comes up and says, uh, you're going to need a hymnal. Uh, so I've got a hymnal for you. And she hands, hands me this really old hymnal. It was like three versions prior to the current hymnal that the Methodist churches were using. She says, here's your hymnal. And I'm like, ooh, wow, this is really old. And I just, I thumb through it real quick and I notice several of the pages have these big red X's on them. And I said, what's, what's the deal with the red X's? Are these, some songs that we we don't sing. And she says, no, those are the songs you can sing. Hey, man, I just wondering if I could sing for you. <laughs> <laughs> and there's Curated only like, playlist. <laughs> yeah, there was only like 10 songs on it. And, and I said to her, you know, uh, selecting the music is the pastor's prerogative in this church. Worship is at my discretion. Uh, um, and uh, I'm going to need to use music that matches my message and conveys the theme that I'm trying to pass along for the week. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to go ahead and use music that works, and I'm going to use the newest hymnal. And she became my diatrophies. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the some of the other women in the church then later on were like, "How dare you say that to her? Yeah. Like she's not on the board. She's not on the worship committee." If she wants to influence worship, she needs to join the organized power structure. If not, she doesn't get a vote. <laughs> and even, yeah, it's <sighs> big sigh there. I'm just like, you've told me that story before, but yeah, there's been times when it's like, what? Why do you get to say anything yeah. about it? Really? Yeah. You know, <laughs> sometimes it is helpful input. I I don't I mind. I don't yeah. mind constructive input. Uh, but when somebody decides, I'm just going to start making decisions for you, there's a line I draw there. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. And I think John felt the same way with the atrophies. That's receiving my disciples is not your call. It's not optional. You will take them. <laughs> 
It's like receiving me. Yes. Effectively, yes. right? You're, you're receiving me. All right. Anything else on this one? Nope. Like you said, it's a smaller letter. That's all I've got. Okay. Uh, where are we going next? Get ready for the next battle. We will move. Well, next Sunday is Laity Sunday. Uh, and so the service will be conducted entirely by members of our, our own local church. Um, and I'm not entirely sure where they're going with that. We'll see if we can get uh, uh, one of them in here to speak with us next week on the podcast. Uh, on my next Sunday, we'll be moving into the book of Jude, and we'll take two weeks to work through Jude. Hey, Jude. Okay, excellent. Um, have you given a sermon title for this, for Third John? Calling this one Orthodoxy, because it's a battle about who gets to decide the theology of the church. So if you'd like to listen to the sermon that Rocky delivers, it'll be at our website at www.ponderumc.org. At the top is a menu called Ministries. Pull that down, click on Sermons. Look for the sermon Orthodoxy, and this will have been delivered on October 9th, 2022. You ready for the dad joke? I am. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. He hunkers down. Um, in 2019, I didn't run a marathon. I didn't run one in 2020 or in 2022. This is a running joke. Submit your complaints to <laughs> pondermethodist at gmail.com. <laughs> With that, I think I'll run away quietly on this episode. Uh, this is Ken Corkins and Rocky Ellison reminding you to love God and be nice to people. Thank you for listening. You can find us at www.ponderumc.org. There, you can watch the live stream of our casual service, listen to replays of this and past sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible. Really?